This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann, and I am today in the studio of Josent Baker. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to see you, Sam. So how was your bubble life? It was, it was good, actually. It was very um, strange at first, and all of us in our bubble, the three of us, um, had good days and bad days. Uh, but uh, we were all able to work and continue to work, so that was really good, and we were able to get out and walk, which was um, also very good for mental health, <laughs> let's say. And your studio is here in central Dunedin. It is. And your apartment is in the same building. It is. So um, it was just by chance that it worked out that way, but it was wonderful, really um, ideal for me anyway. So I so, was very lucky. So Liesl, who lives almost next door, yes. has spent lockdown looking out of the window and describing what she saw. It was kind of weird at the start that she had moved into central Dunedin to get that sort of central city buzz and all of a sudden it didn't happen. No, no, that's right. Well, um, for us, though, we we could see the sky, we could see the city, you know, we can go onto the roof um, and the the window of where the kitchen is um, looks directly down the one way. And uh, so we could watch the traffic, we could sort of see what was happening. There were... Uh, less, you know, fewer and fewer people every day, and um, and then it got really quiet, and then um, yeah, some were sort of sneaking out, and you're just sort of wondering. It was it was a good bird's eye view, and we can see across to um, St Clair, and we could see the water, so that was really great. So um, we didn't feel trapped. So for those that don't know, you are a painter, an artist. Yes, yes, I am. And some of the work that um, we're sitting in the studio, surrounded by by paintings in, in various states of completion. Yes. <laughs> so some of them are lockdown paintings that you, you started during the lockdown? Yes, yes, exactly. I did a, um, a residency on Quarantine Island at the end of last year and started to work on paper, which is something that I've never really done. But what I found during the lockdown was um, it was lovely to uh, continue these kind of works on paper and um, pretty much, you know, views from from windows and... Um, yeah, it's been it's been great because uh, I've done the coast a lot, you know, and I love engaging with that. But sort of cityscapes are quite charming and interesting, and um, the light changes, the mood of the city changes with different light, and uh, it's been um, a really wonderful exercise, actually. So I'm kind of thankful that it happened in a strange kind of way. The residency on Quarantine Island, so you were finishing off those those paintings, or was that? Uh... Yes, yeah, they were meant to. Well, they were completed for. Um, they were part of a uh, an exhibition that I was um, going to have called uh, Watermark, 
at um, at the artist room here on Dowling Street, and it was to be for the whole of April. So um, yeah, those works were commenced there, finished here before lockdown, and then sort of framed and ready for this show. So it was going to be like a yeah lovely. Um, big uh, connection with the coastline again and uh, you know in particular with the island it's a fascinating place quarantine island so um, yes I particularly like the ones of the islands from the water level right because that's the view that you get when you're swimming out there yes and you sort of look up at the islands and they have a sort of a an organic kind of lay an organic and layered kind of feel absolutely and uh, they're very the mass, you know, the, the mass is sort of coming out of the water. It had, it's very human-like, you know, this kind of, uh, yeah, these, these beautiful forms and sort of shapes. And um, once again, the light on the harbour, you know, the changing moods of, uh, of the water was just fascinating. So it was, it was a really exciting time. I really loved it. Let's play the feelers stand-up. time to open up memories of your past and it's time to move on It's time to open up the shadows of your heart and it's time to move on Cause it's a great time to live and it's time to stand up it's a great time to live And it's time to stand up and be counted on It's time to open up and shadow
So did you get out and get some exercise? Yes, yes, we did. Um, tried to get out every day to uh, to walk as much as we could, and it was great. You know, walking and talking was a great way to, um, you know, process everything that was going on and talk about concerns and so on. So it was great. Plus connecting with the city when I was in a very weird state. In this empty... Yes, yeah. No cars, you know, maybe one or two people, if that, and... Um, and, yeah, it was quite interesting the way that people navigated around each other. You know, it was, uh, it was good. Some weren't that, that great and some were having troubles with, uh, with um, the, the COVID sort of situation, I figure, because they were um, very aggressive and vocal, really, really vocal. So it was just interesting to see how it had been affecting people, so to speak. But, uh, yes, we got out to walk a lot. It was wonderful. Did you find yourself getting obsessed by different things? I'm... My mother took photos of people of, of um, letterbox numbers. Did you? And I've seen other people have been going around taking photos of door handles and things. Did oh, you? Did you yes. notice different things? Absolutely. In the city like that? Well, the gra- graffiti in um, Dunedin is outstanding. It's amazing. So um, Greg and I started to muck around and um, actually interact with the images. You know, like there's one just up here in the car park of a camel, and um, you know, so I kind of made it look as though I was, I was kind of walking the camel type of thing. And then another one, you know, there's dolphins and Greg's like mucking around like he's underwater. And so we, we just got silly with, with the graffiti and just started to um, to really look at the beautiful art that's around town and, you know, what, what the pieces were saying. And, yeah, so it was it was good. So that, that kind of became a, uh, a daily thing. Let's take Liesl, who, as we've just said, lives... Almost next door, what's outside her window? Liesel Mitchell is a downtown dweller, urban explorer and conversationalist, observing city life in lockdown. Hi there, bubble people. How's life going for you? I hope it's uh, a good day today, as I um, always sort of start my little chat with you along these lines. It's um, always nice just to check in and, I don't know, add some positive energy to the day because I don't think it hurts. Even if the day is not a good one, just having a little blast of goodness in there, hopefully this is a little blast of goodness (laughs) that maybe just lifts your spirits for the day um, or reminds you that um, someone cares about you or is thinking about you and we are not um, alone in this in this life, even if it might feel that way sometimes. So um, I know you know. We're, I know you know. That's a that's a good way to start a sentence, isn't it? <laughs> Thinking about the bubble time of lockdown and how some of us were alone and some of us had um, people around us and various circumstances. Um, I think it's sort of highlighted for a number of us how. Some of those fears sort of come into play, don't they? Like our fear of being alone or our fear of um, maybe being crowded by too many people. Uh, it could go either way, depending on the type of personality you are or what you need. But I know for myself, I am, um, as a bit of an extrovert, I, I really like my people. And um, I, was, I was fearful, I think, at first of this whole idea of being in a bubble by myself and not having direct people contact and I actually remember the first um, walk that I went on during the first day or maybe the second day of lockdown um, that I had a I I went for a walk in the evening and it was it wasn't dark when I set out on my walk but by the time I got home it was and this was 
in the middle of sort of downtown Dunedin, I guess, um, but I kind of wandered around near the, the waterfront and sort of the wharf sort of bit and sort of the industrial sort of area, and there was just absolutely no one around at all. And at one level, I was like, oh, this is just so peaceful and fantastic and wow, gosh, I've never wandered around here and there's just been no one. And then there was this other sort of side of me that went, there is no one around. And if anything was to go wrong for me or um, something was to happen, I, I'm actually completely alone. There's no one around here at all, which was a very strange sort of realisation. So, um, you know, coming on to darkness and just feeling like, actually, I'm, I'm sort of by myself in this, which I don't think is entirely true, but that's how it felt. Um, and I think, you know, our fears of being alone often drive us to make decisions about how we live our life. I know that um, we can stay in relationships that don't actually serve us very well or are not healthy or make us actually a bit miserable. But our, our thinking about being by ourselves or being alone um, can keep us there, even if we, we know at some level that it's not good for us. So I wonder, I mean, fear is a funny thing, isn't it? And um, it often drives us to do things that are not healthy or uh, not very not very productive for ourselves. And it's interesting just to, you know, pair it back to, because often our fears are related to very fundamental sort of truths like um, feeling loved or feeling, feeling cared for, feeling accepted, feeling like we belong. Uh, and I think... If you sort of look at any of your fears, um, often they boil back down to those things. And I know for me, that sort of fear of being alone was kind of uh, has has definitely made some decisions in my life. Um, well, not the best decisions actually. I've made made decisions that I I look at now and I think, well, was was that actually healthy? And was I making it for the right reason? So. I think even when we feel alone, we are not alone. And this is the thing that I think we all have to remember. It may not feel like we have people around us sometimes. It may not feel that we're special in people's lives. But we are. And there's always someone that notices you and cares about you. And even if it's just that stranger on the street that gives you a bit of a smile, uh, there's always someone in your life who notices you and cares about you. And it's important that we each do that for each other as well. So if we can notice other people, we're reminding each other that we're not alone. So I'll leave you on that note. Go out and notice someone, give them a smile, and um, I hope the rest of your day just goes really, really well, and we'll talk soon. Looking forward to it. Take care. Yeah, how did Lisa feel? Like, what, what, was, her, what was her view um, lots of the sort of the the weirdness. In fact, the, what she talked about in the first few um, the first few episodes was the zoo. She was actually talking about the the different animals, just like you yes, were saying, yes, the different yeah. animals. Because uh, well, her yeah, well, father I think refers to her her apartment as the zoo because of the the, the animals that she right. could, could see. And so yes, she was yeah. sort of talking about that sort of feeling of. Okay. Being in, in the zoo, yeah. well, kind of in the cage, but like all the people were there, sort of thing. So it was, right. it was um, wow. So does that urge to 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 paint? Do you, do you like get up in the morning and you see a view and you think that's 
Yes, that's yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah, I do actually. I, um, you know, I've I've always got my camera on my phone with me, and so I catch glimpses of, um, you know, uh, just life basically, and um, I feel just compelled to create a work based around um, what it is that I sort of see and experience. So, yeah. And different, you experiment with different styles as yes. well. So, so what's the relationship between seeing that view and thinking? going to do that one in this style or that one in, in this yeah, style. Yeah, it kind of it tells me immediately what, you know, whether it's, uh, whether it's a carve, you know, a fine edge carving in wood, um, which are more figurative kind of, you know, so if I see forms that I think uh, would translate beautifully, um, you know, I'll, I'll work in wood with it. But uh, the um, I respond sort of in paint mostly, and uh, the paintings are very kind of, joyful I suppose and you know that sort of when I'm out and about and, and walking and and experiencing um, life I just um, I just feel I want to document that that moment and that kind of time and uh, I also wear prescription sunglasses that have um, a very golden hue to them and so sometimes I'm like wow you know look at that and uh, it does amplify the color and I think that that comes through in my translation of, of the image because this fantastic light in the pictures of Harbour Cone, presumably from quarantine. Yes, yes, yeah. They, um, the, you know, there's so many personalities, I suppose, to um, to our environment, and um, you know, when the the weather changes, you know, the light changes, and um, with that, sort of uh, different elements are brought to the fore, and then so you know, with um, and some I just focus on on one part of that. Um, of that moment, I suppose, and really uh, amplify it, yeah. Because so. you're the only person that I've ever seen capture what I see when I'm swimming, that the shafts of light through the water. Yes. There's a particular picture that you've got of surfboards from underneath. That's right. It's on the wall over there. So it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, and um, and it is that light, that uh, that changing light that... Um, that interests me so much that I engage with so much. So, um, yeah, I try to pull that into the works as much as possible. But then at the other end, you have like those reflection pieces, which I just can't fathom how you would even start (laughs) to go about painting them. Is that more technical? Yes, yes, it is. Um, All of the paintings start off very loose. You know, they're very, um, you know, just a blocking in of colour and sort of shape and form and what have you. And then um, I really love to pull into the finer details, you know, really sort of uh, magnifying what it is, because I'm quite short-sighted. So I like to magnify things so that I can really see them properly. And um, and with that, I get right into the, you know, almost, um, you know, a three-hair brush <laughs> to, you know, the tiny details. But they are what, you know, those kind of little details or little hits of light are what make it special and make it come to life. And I want to create works that you feel that you can just walk into. Was it Monet whose pictures changed as his cataract got worse? Ah, uh, yes, I think it was. Yes, yeah, can you, can exactly. You, can you spot something can, similar? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> most definitely. Even Michelle at the artist room said, "You know, you're, um, yes, my, uh, it's becoming a lot looser, a lot freer, which is really nice. Uh, but um, I think it's just because I have a softer vision now and." Uh, Although I am doing some sort of finer detailed works, but uh, I'm not finding them as easy to do. Yeah. So you missed out on having an exhibition? 
I missed out on having an opening, but um, I was well represented by the gallery. You know, they um, sure work very, very hard to um, present my work in, you know, like in a social media platform. And um, she worked very hard for um, all of her artists, which I think is great, as have all of the other galleries around town as well. So, um, and they were busy. You know, people had time. I was busy here in the studio. I had uh, works that, I, you know, I sort of sent one print, went to Lithuania, you know, um, and people had time to really um, get online and research, I suppose, and have a look at what they sort of wanted to live with. And, um, and uh, yeah, and then they just get in touch with either myself or the gallery and it was good. So, so has your work changed over the, the pandemic, the COVID time you said you're looking more at the interest in cityscapes yes yes and then also we went up to central uh up to Naseby with um with some friends and um I was just captivated by the autumnal light and you know reflecting off the water which is just that piece down there off one of the dams and um so now as I say working on this paper it's kind of it's um it's a smaller commitment to actually you know, work on paper than it is on a large canvas, or and um, and so I've really enjoyed sort of um, creating these pieces that uh, that are from further afield, you know, and Australia and um, everywhere. Do you paint in the landscape, or do you like take photos and? Yeah, I take photos generally. Well I just because I, um, you know, I like to. <laughs> walk around and muck around and have music and sort of, uh, yeah, create an environment where, um, you know, I can sort of get into the zone. There's some fabulous, um, you know, plein air, um, Janet DeWatt, brilliant, out in um, out in nature and painting and feeling it and what have you, but I tend to uh, like to be in here. Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokunui, Dunedin's favourite goddess, Tahu Mackenzie. Kia ora koutou, aroha kia koutou, kotaho ho. I hope you're all having this day. Beautiful superstars in your beloved. And I really, really hope that whatever is happening around you, wherever you are, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be rewarding, be fulfilling, very inspiring, and is illuminating for you more and more who you are. Triumph of nature's art, perfect, and here making things better. Thank you. So I've just had the most wonderful day. I'm so grateful to share some of that with you all. Thank you very much for me. Today I drove all the way up to beautiful Oamaru and back to deliver 100 Pika Pika bird feeder components to the wonderful Top Flight who we are officially partnering with to unleash our Pika Power Pack throughout all amazing stores in Aotearoa, New Zealand, so everybody can feed native birds any safely and introduce predators like cats, can't sneak up on them and gobble them up while they're feeding. And this of course is a big dream for me and it's been two years in the making that we are partnering with Top Flight and it's been so exciting the whole process of building up to getting our package together and our packaging and telling our story in the way that works best for them and for us and really highlight our vision and our dream for our native birds and of course this is informed by 11 years of me working at Orokanoa Eco Sanctuary and having that love for native birds and also of course connecting with people who love them too and want to help them in their backyard so 
it's been a very long journey to get to where we are at today and so when I got to top flight it wasn't possible to pack everything up today so I'm going to go back tomorrow and of course this really highlighted for me the beauty and the potential and the spacious and the joy to be found in these moments and these times of waiting when we're waiting for something to be actualized and we're waiting for something to come into being and of course when we're waiting there's so much that is happening in the unseen that we can't know fully there's so much that is happening in the unseen that we may not even be consciously aware of but we can feel the mounting energy of and there's so much of course happening in the unseen to support what is coming into being so our lives are surrounded by times of waiting the process of waiting and the process coming into being and manifestation so for me I've really found this emotional roller coaster of lockdown level four level three level two and now level one really fascinating and I've been really honored to share this with you and something that it has really awakened me to is that I love having time to myself and I love having time by myself and for me I've worked with the public for most of my life most of my life has been about interacting with the public but I've always had a space at home that is very private that I can retreat to that's very peaceful and over lockdown of course this was really consciously highlighted to me as I began to really appreciate that space that sanctuary much more and so what I'm doing now (laughs) that we are back in the hustle and bustle of consensus reality and the schedules and the structures of the creation of the human world is I'm making sure that I'm getting those times of space and reflection peacefulness and tuning back in while still negotiating with the realities of all these other wonderful people and places and projects that I get to work with I'm so grateful but it is these times of waiting where I'm able to make the greatest reconnection so I'm so grateful for them so I really hope that in your own life you're finding ways to retain that sense of connection with your inner sanctuary and I hope you're finding lots of new and creative ways every day to enjoy this time that we have and I'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kagiti. I know everybody can't see them but I'm surrounded by fabulous paintings. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks Sam. This one here with the rounded windows, that's not from here, is it? There's a no, square no, windows here. No, that's right. It's from um, the uh, the building where the artist room gallery and the framers room are. And uh, I just came out from seeing them one day and uh, looked out at the lovely autumnal light across um, Queen's Gardens and, uh, yes, took a photo. And, um, and so I painted that, really enjoying... Uh, the form, if you know what I mean, and uh, yeah, and once again the light and the uh, and the colours. It's interesting framing. Most of yours don't not the the framing in the picture. You don't really have framing in, in other ones, do you? Except no, no, having the the white bands around. Oh actually... no, the, the the wall going th- looking through the window. Yes, because you talk yeah. about looking. You talked yes. about the view from no, the window. No, that's right. But I actually the window included before. the window. No, mm. that's very true, and um, and I quite like that, and that probably came about from um, from COVID, if you know what I mean. Um, I've taken 
also some photographs from upstairs uh, looking out over the city to the um, to the north and uh, I've included the frames in those two and um, so yeah there, there's some new paintings that are that are coming that I'm quite excited about actually because it's quite different. So looking out of your figurative window rather than your actual window, what changes have you seen in society over the last few oh, months? Yes. Um, some, there's kind of, well, some people have come out of COVID, I think, um, in a better headspace because they've had time and um, to um, kind of assess and really look at life as, as a whole and um, not just a little pieces of it on a day-to-day basis but others I think are really struggling you know sort of with the um, with aspects of it and um, and that's it's hard to watch you know when you know and love people it's it's hard to um, hard to deal with so what about yourself? Um, I think that we have learnt that the rushing around that we were doing maybe isn't how we want to be living and we've mm. people have and taken not, stock and it's not just a matter of saying I'm going to work from home on a Tuesday it's actually thinking I'm taking control of that yes I, I think that's an important thing and I think we've learned a lot from the the be kind message absolutely I totally agree and um, yeah be kind to yourself as much as be kind to you know everybody else that you um that you care about or just come into contact with, you know, to keep an eye out for each other and, and um, yeah. What do you think is going to stick? What, what do you, in fact, what do you hope will stick from I the changes that, we've seen? I hope that, um, that kindness sticks, that um, being aware of the pace of things in our lives as well. I hope that uh, that pace um, of... A bit slow. You can get as much done or more done um, when you've, you know, created, slowed the pace down, if you know what I mean, instead of being manic. There was a real manic kind of um, thing going on, I suppose, with the entire world, you know. Uh, it was just getting a little bit crazy. And it's nature's way, too, of um, of just saying, hey, stop for a little while and and have a look out of your window, sit down and, you know, talk to the person across the table from you as opposed to, you know, looking at the device. And um, and your world is um, more important or just as important as, as the big world. And, you know, we need to become more aware of um, nature, I suppose. And, uh, you know, there's so many animals all over the world coming out and, and you could hear the birds here, you know. We had a dove <laughs> up, on the, up on the roof and, um, yeah, we've got to, I think, slow down and listen and and reflect, time to reflect. And that's what these works are about too, reflecting. Have a good look at yourself. Have a good look at the world that you're in. What do you think that those of us that aren't painters can learn from the process of painting? process of painting is, is um, well, it, it's, I think it's vital. It deconstructs what it is that you're looking at and lets you appreciate each of the elements that go 
back into that artwork in a different way. We, um, we're shapeshifters. We like to shift the shape of what it is that we see. And because um, sometimes you need to do that to truly understand what it is that you're looking at, if you know what I mean. So uh, Let's play Netherworld Dancing Toys, Dunedin Band. Not painted years, but for today. Why for today? For today is, uh, you know, a celebration, basically. And it's for today. It's for the moment. And, um, you know, we really do need to be present in our bodies for the moment, you know, just and um, sometimes when you're at somewhere that's very special, um, like, you know, the beach or the mountains or wherever, you just want to hold that for today, for the moment. And um, I've actually titled one of my um, artworks and uh, prints for today because it just uh, takes me back to that point in time which I think is uh, what art does. Just one looking along St. Clair. Yes, yes, it is, yeah. And, you know, the lovely reflections in the, uh, in the water and, um, yeah, it was a point in time.
mindset to be an artist? Um, oh, that's up to the individual artists, I suppose. You know, some artworks are quite um, challenging. You know, some are uh, quite, you know, pessimistic. But, you know, they they reflect the world around us. You know, artists basically are, um, are sharing a, um, a viewpoint. Yeah, so whether it is optimistic or pessimistic. You know, I try to keep mine very positive, you know, and painting actually helps me to process if something's quite negative that's going on around me, I will actually, um, as I say, um, work at making something positive out of it. So, yeah. It seems to me to be that they're celebrating the light, the colour, the, yes. the what we're looking at. Again, I wonder what we can learn from that. Do you think that getting through this 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 pandemic this and the, the aftermath of that mm. let's, let's hope that we're going to an aftermath not a yes. continued dragging mm. on and going backwards Scary. how important is is it do you think that we maintain a, a positive perspective I think it's crucial that um, that uh, we try to remain positive when you know uh, so many negative sort of things are, are going on, scary things. It's a, you know, it's a scary world, uh, really, for what's what's happening. And um, uh, we need to just pull back into the things that really matter and um, and deal with those small things, make a difference where we can, I suppose. And and art helps do that. It really. Um, it can elevate the spirit. It can um, elevate your consciousness. Consciousness, sorry. Um, it's spiritual as well. You know, there's a very uh, spiritual element to um, to art. It's there's a subconscious, or not a subconscious, like a subliminal almost um, uh, message or tone to every artwork, and that's uh, that's why you know you get such strong or uh, either positive or negative emotional responses. What's next for you? 
Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I I will continue. Like I need to paint. As I say, it's my it's my processing. It's it's what I do. I um, I am not too sure really because uh, yeah, how strong the art world will be after this and um, during. As I said, during it, it was quite good. Things have quietened down a little bit, you know, since we've um, we've gone to level one or come out, and uh, I'm not too sure actually. Yeah, it's. I think like all people, it's just like let's wait and see and and uh, do what we can while we've got it. And um, yeah, so. So you're continuing to paint. Oh, yes, always. Yeah, I will continue to paint. Whether, you know, and I hope that people will continue to, um, to connect with the works that I create and, and, um, and enjoy them. And, you know, I'd like to, to teach at some stage and, uh, and kind of share in, in that way. Um, yeah, technique and, um, and once again, the spirit of, of art. Yeah. How do you know when a painting's done? You just do. Uh, the um, the funny thing is, you know, your eye, will, my eye, will go directly to what it is that I need to do. It's almost like they write themselves. Actually, I was speaking to somebody the other day, and um, sometimes I just feel like a conduit that the um, that the work is it needs to be done, and I just kind of make it happen. And um, he said that he felt the same way about music that. It just is something that comes through him and just comes out and um, as part of, of who you are. That So I have some questions mm -hmm. to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Um, I've won a number of uh, awards. That was in Australia, which was, uh, was really, it was great. You know, whether that defines whether you're good or whether you're not, you know, I really don't know, you know, sort of any kind of competitions are sort of fairly questionable. But, um, yeah, it, that was, it was great because it, um, it validates you. It helps you move on to, into other areas. It sort of um, can take you to other places. You have a broader audience um, and you get to talk about your work a lot more too and, um, and connect with more people. So that's really great. Getting an award for a particular place or a particular style, does that like say, I'm going to carry on doing that, or does it enable you to say, well, that's that done, I've reached some sort of peak for that, on to the next thing? Um, no, I think you, you follow it because it, it, um, it's a dialogue, and that dialogue, that conversation continues. And um, what happens then is because you're in conversation with it, it actually um, starts to grow more and more and broadens. So it broadens for yourself, but also broadens for your uh, view. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. Oh. So you're in our mansion. Oh. What's the superpower that's got you there? Um, I was talking about shape-shifting, and I think that, um, you know, as an artist you need to be, I think, adaptable, true to yourself, um, and, uh, and, yeah, just shift your shape as as life changes around you. So you've been doing a lot of that recently. 
Certainly has, yeah. And I think everybody's finding that, you know, um, that you you may have continued on doing something for a certain period of time, but because things have changed so drastically now that, um, you know, you've got to almost reinvent yourself again to um, to just live and get get by, so... Are you seeing a recovery or are you seeing it more of a regeneration or a reinvention? Of... Of life. Of life. Big question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think it's a a reassessment of life. You know, like the world's recalibrating and it's how we navigate and around that um, will kind of govern how we're able to move forward. Does art have an explicit role in that? I think it definitely would do, yes, absolutely. Um, it's, it is a voice, it's a language, it's, um, it's a, you know, a visual presence, uh, physical presence as well, and um, yes, it does have a very loud voice. Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Yes, very quietly, but, um, but yes. What are you activist about? Um, oh, you know, global issues, uh, you know, global warming, um, our oceans is one of my really big concerns, and, um, and you know, women, women in the arts, women in business, um, yeah, so I feel that lead by example. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think we can learn from how we've responded to the pandemic threat crisis to those bigger longer term questions climate change state of the oceans social justice Mm. we can learn patience we can learn tolerance um and sort of kindness to the planet (laughs) as well as um as each other you know it's really we need to look after nature you know um the pandemic gave us time to hear it again you know we could hear the birds we could sort of see the animals even here in the city you know those traces of bunnies um yeah so one of the things that's done is that it's made very clear the relationship between systems so it's Mm. made very clear the relationship between the economic system and the the social system the, the 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 fact that we said well we just have to put that on hold well, we fix the health. Yes. Before we can do that, there's no point trying to keep the economy going no, it, while we do this. And so it's really made that clear. It and has. You can, you're right. you can see the the pandemic itself as an environmental environmental thing. And actually, make is. me think of this picture, the big picture behind me. Yes, yes. And because that's a really interesting. It's a big. You tell us what that picture is. What's that? <laughs> tell us what that picture is. Oh, this is a um, a. a coastal uh, rock shelf so uh, sort of on a beach it's at an inlet actually um, it was started when I was um, still in Australia and uh, it had a number of figures in there but I've taken them all out and just left a lone figure um, just sitting on a towel looking out over the water and um, it's yeah I I guess it kind of shows how fractious life can be there's uh, 
yeah, wells of water and, and pooling and what have you, and these kind of solid rocks, you know, how solid is, is our earth, our, fan, like our foundation? Fact, I like the fact that it's got the one person and it's, it's got the, that connection between the, the person and the, and the place. Yes, yeah, and the, um, you know, now just realizing too the whole with the whole COVID thing. You know, just sitting on a beach by yourself. You know, this is a social isolation. Some people, exactly, and um, people spent the entire lockdown just by themselves in their rooms. You know, they they couldn't go anywhere or didn't do anything, couldn't see the world, and just um, pretty much related to the television. You know, and so the information that was coming in. It's never positive. It's it can be quite sort of negative, you know, and scary. And um, so, you know, to be able to sit out in nature and, and look out on a positive beauty is um, yeah, and seek beauty. You know, we that's what I do. We, we seek beauty. And a lot of the world is still in their one rooms. No, that's very true. And yeah, and they're too scared to come out. And it's been a um, yeah. I don't know how or when its recovery will happen. Let's hope that they've got windows that they can look out of and are seeing Absolutely. that as, yes. as a thing, that as a story to be told, yes. looking out of the window. Yes, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so maybe that's, yeah, that's very true. Um, to, yeah, to gain light, you know, on the sunny days, get out, you know, it's good to see the sun, to see the light. Um, we're lucky we haven't had too many grey days because grey days do... Um, tend to create this sort of sad space. If it was me, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be obsessed by the shadows on that building over Oh, there. it's just gorgeous. It's just wonderful. And, um, yeah, the, uh, the sky never ceases to amaze me as well, you know. So if you could see the sky, step out and see the sky, it's a good thing. What motivates you? Oh, um... I don't, lots of things motivate me. I think I, yeah, I have a, a very strong kind of spiritual side to me, I suppose. Um, and that comes through and in the works, I suppose. But also just, yeah, just um, love, love of life, love of people, love of where I live. What I've got the privilege to paint, it's, yeah, good. What challenge are you looking forward to? Challenge mm. of, yeah, moving forward and um, uh, making change, making growth, I think, and just growing as an artist. I think um, I'm really looking forward to that and sort of um, seeing where it goes. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Mm, be kind. Just look after each other, and um, and smile. Mm. Laughter, right. laughter is the best. Let's go out to Don McLean's Vincent. Paint your palette blue and grey. Look out on a summer's day with eyes that know the darkness in my soul. Shadows on the hills. Sketch the trees and the daffodils Catch the breeze and the winter chills 
in colors on the snowy linen land. Now I understand what you tried to say to me, and how you suffered for your sanity, and how you tried to set them free. They would not listen. They did not know how. Perhaps they'll listen now. Start You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles. They're safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio, oar.org.nz, and podcast there. You can find the podcast in all the poddy sorts of places. We're on Facebook as well. We've had contributions from Tahu McKenzie and Liesl Mitchell. I'm Samuel Mann in the studio of Joe St. Baker. You can find her art on www.stbakerart.com thank you <laughs> and on Instagram what you tried to and you should go and look at it right now <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the show and how you tried to set them free they would not listen they did not know how perhaps they'll listen now for they could not love you But still your love was true And when no hope was left in sight On that starry, starry night You took your life as lovers often do But I could have told you, Vincent This world was never meant for one as beautiful Starry, starry night Portraits hung in empty halls Frameless heads on nameless walls With eyes that watch the world This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.